Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the mostest, as always, Adel Marcy, and today we've got our friend, none other than Heather Ann Havenwood, just rocking it out on the other side of the world in Austin. She's having having fun over there, and it's been a while since we caught up. Uh, to give you guys an idea, it's like I think I was like turning 24 the last time we spoke. I'm not turning 28 this year. And that's, that's basically a time lapse of about four years since the last time Heather and I spoke. In fact, I was in a different city the last time we spoke. Yeah, we spoke. you were. I don't yeah. know where you, you're at the seas, but we Yeah, were. I was down in Plymouth and now I'm in London. So, you know, watch my way to the main city. It's the way we do things. But you're getting old is what you're saying. Pretty much. Getting there. You still look <laughs> fabulous, by the way. You look great. So me, I'm, I'm just maturing slightly. You got this scrub going on because I can see you at the video and it's one of those whenever I see a guy that has that kind of scrub feel I just want to go over there and go what is like rubbing their like little chinny chin chin I think it's it's in that weird stage it's like oh stop it it's like it's not full yet it's got like blotches and it's cute it's basically cute for, for the people thinking about this wait Adel doesn't have a beard right now no I shaved it off I'm actually regrowing it again because uh, it got annoying so I decided to like trim it out to make sure it's all even again uh, bar that, as always, the show is sponsored by a quick shout out to adelmarcy.com. We host the show, make sure everything's there, story selling blueprint. We help you write your stories and your copy and get your stories out there. So go check it out. And finally, we're also sponsored by Heather Havenwood. It's not Heather and Havenwood.com, is it? Heatherhavenwood.com. Heatherhavenwood.com. Go check it out. Links in the description as always. Heather, you have just launched a book literally six days ago. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, it's been a couple of weeks, but you know, Right now we're speaking, it's uh, July 20th, so you launched it like the 14th of July, give or take. Mm-hmm. We wow. did, we did very well. The, so we did, we got number in the market, we did a marketing category, number one in the United States, number four in Australia, and the, the UK, that's why I reached out to you, remember, I was like, come on UK, for some reason I didn't like get it up there in the UK, I guess I, I don't have a I mailed for it, I literally mailed for it as well, I sent out a mail, yeah, I mailed my list for it. Cause okay, I did check it afterwards because I heard it just got to like number three, number two, and I'm like, come on, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, people are out there writing books. I, I don't actually have that big of a list, and most of my list is in the U.S. But I was like, guys, go check it out because I was like, screw it, whatever. The only reason why then on U.S. because I was like, boom. Yeah. See, the only reason I didn't put on my Facebook status is because most of my um, at the time I was like posting other stuff. I was like, yeah, I can't really work this into anything I'm doing right oh, now. Oh, got it. No, that's no. fine. No, I totally understand. But it's it's a lot of fun. I didn't do like a full, huge, massive launch. You know what I mean? Like you reach out to all your friends and family. But I I just reached out to some people I knew, like you and some other people, like hey, kind of like that. Um, I call it a soft launch. So it was fun. I had a good time with it. But I really started this. This, if you want me sharing a little bit about the book, it was kind of interesting, mainly because I've been on over 250 um, shows as a guest. I have my own podcast as well. Um, and I realized when I, what I call flip the mic, you know, when I started to become a host like you, yep. is I realized not everyone's a great guest. Like they're amazing at what they do because I know who they are and they're experts in the field, but they get on the show and I'm like, mm-hmm. Like it's boring. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I know you're amazing. What is wrong with you? What I feel like I'm like pulling this teeth. So, I realize not everyone's a great guest, and I realize that people think that being a guest on a show is easy. Their resume, and it's yeah. not. It's like sharing their story. Yeah, that's all it is. It's one of the reasons we have it behind Stories on Blueprint is that you got to get used to and comfortable sharing your story. Yeah. And like honestly, I don't know about you, but I get really bored of podcasts that are kind of like what I would call the generic show. Well, like literally every show that you show up in, like they give the same information. The guest gives the same information every damn show. 
I mean, it's one of the reasons I love my show so much is simply because I've rarely had anyone come on. If anyone comes on and starts sharing stuff I've had anywhere else, I pause the show. I'm like, I don't want that shit. Cut that shit out. Come back in and do it again. Right. right. They because they don't know how, a lot of people don't know how to have a conversation. I, yeah. I When I share it with people, I said, this is how you have to think about podcasting. Think of it like you and them are just having a conversation. You're having, you're having a cocktail. You're having a coffee. Yeah. You're having whatever, a beer, whatever. You're just shooting the breeze. Can I say shit on here? Oh, of course. Shooting the shit. And other people get to listen in. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. It. That is the only reason I have my show the way I do is because uh, I think, hell, actually, no, that was it. The last time we spoke was two months before I started my show. Oh, hell. Yeah. I, you first get me on your show? No, I actually told you about this. So we were like, oh, yeah, we'll totally do it. And then we lost contact because, like, we... You got really busy. I got really busy. Didn't you get married? Did you get married? Got engaged and I'm no longer engaged. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, just throw that up there. It's changed. It's yes, been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, I got, yeah, I started dating. We then we got engaged and then now I'm no longer engaged and we're no longer dating and we're not together. And yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, his loss. The whole cycle happened since you and I last spoke. Well, his loss. I'll say that much. Exactly. Damn it. His loss. Yeah, well. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, you know, life happens in the background, right? Yeah, that's what happens. you got to keep it hustling, keep it going. That's what, how uh, things go. Yeah, see, we're not going into my dating life because it's just going to be like, what happened to you? Oh, let's just not even try. <laughs> it's one of those things that's like... It's be like drama. Is it just like drama or is it dry land? Is it desert or drama? Which one is it? It's more like Burning Man. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like a deserted drama dryland fun party time where you're like, what the shit's going on here? I have no clue. <laughs> well, okay. the, the best way I can actually describe it is like Burning Man on acid peyote and ayahuasca all rolled into one while you're walking through the desert, seeing coyotes as your guide. That is essentially what my dating <laughs> life has been like for the last couple of years. Wow, I can't even. I can't get that on so many levels. Other than the fact I know like three friends are going to Burning Man. Isn't it like this week or next week? I think it is. I think it's coming up. But like I was supposed to be go. Uh, well, I wanted to go, but I can't fly out yet. So I'm still waiting for all that shit to clear up. And uh, yeah, I definitely I want to do Burning Man. U.S. thing? No, it's a stupid passport thing. They lost my passport like three years ago. The mm -hmm. Like the government over here lost my passport. They didn't take claim and didn't tell me till last year. And it's taken me a year to build all the case files, get everything done, get the paper paperwork in. Because I lost my birth certificate as well. That's the messed up part. So they oh literally, like, literally all documents. Wait, you're, you're not an illegal alien to Britain. You're an illegal alien to Earth. Pretty much, yeah. I don't exist. I, I exist on no, or actually exist on governmental records, obviously, because I own businesses. This, but they will take your money for taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I prove I'm alive. It's like, right. hey, I was paying taxes, motherfucker. That's what we do. <laughs> But like, going going off that, so like, what was like one of the big things that you picked up on like being a guest? Because like, I've not really like I love being a guest on other people's shows, but I don't do it as often. And I think that's because I don't tell people I do it. People just assume I just host. I'm like, no, get me in front of a mic. I'm I'm a complete. It's like, hello, my life is amazing, and yeah. I can share all this crazy shit with you, as you'll find out later on. Um, because we we got another show after this, but still, it's one of those really fun things where what were the some of the things that you actually picked up as a as a guest and as a host that people were doing. So this kind of what, this is the kind of story that happened. This, uh, I started my podcast, sexy boss show in 2013 and it bombed. And I, the reason it bombed is because I didn't know, understand the medium. I didn't understand how to launch a show. I had no clue. I did four episodes with a, some girlfriends of mine and then I put them all up on the same day. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to like two seasons like, ago. Right. Like, right. 
So I thought, okay, that didn't work. So in my head, it was like podcasting sucks. It's over. It's stupid. Whatever. And so I just stopped it. And then around two, June 2015, um, I had someone reach out to me and go, hey, I'd love to, for you to be on my show. I was like, great. So we get on there and it's a total just chat, chit chat. I mean, it was just a chit chat, really, you know, tell me what you're doing and just kind of like that. It was fun. And about two weeks later, I get this um, call through my website and this, you know, conversation with this guy and he hired me for $5,000. Like I heard you on this podcast and he hired me as a coaching client. It's about roughly about $5,000 package. And that's when I was like, oh, Ding, 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 right? Yep. <laughs> I could do that, right? That was great. So I really focused on how to be a great guest. Like I really, really, really focused on how do you actually do that? So I focus on my media page. If you get on my site, heatherhavenwood.com forward slash media, it is designed for selling me to podcast hosts. That's oh, the nice. des- des- design that way. I tell people, go rip me off, right? Go, you know, just replicate it um it's designed so that i can send it to send people to one link right because people are busy i mean you're busy maybe yeah. you know me or whatever so i started doing cold call basically cold emails to people and via linkedin and some other places and i basically was like hey my name is this is who i this is what i do this is how this is who i am here's one link and then the other piece of this as a guest, because I'm constantly being pitched, is that my job as a guest is to add value to you. Yeah. Is to add value to your guest. This is it's not it's not the me show. It's the I have to add value to you, and that's one thing that I can't say when people just reach out to me and go, "Hey, I'm amazing. Like you should have me on your show." And I'm like, yeah. you know, what's the value you're going to bring to my listenership? What are you going to add something? And so that's how I positioned myself. And I just kind of went balls to the wall. I did hire a company that does, you know, does booking. So they did a few per month, but they definitely didn't. I mean, within the first, what was it? First six, to eight months, I was on over a hundred and within a year I was 150. And I'm right now I'm over 250. Wow. And that includes radio, right? True radio, like real radio, radio, radio. It includes podcasting, includes um, some Facebook lives, includes just anything that I'm sitting in my button home and I could do some kind of interview where I'm on other people's lists. And you think about the JV world, you know the JV world. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, how much time would that take to get on 250 people's lists? Think about that. I mean, that's, that's a lot. So if you look at the leverageability of that, it's great. But if you don't add value and you suck sharing, it's not going to be good. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, one of the big problems I have with having guests, and guys, this is just a future thing that I'd say if you ever end up on my show, that's cool if we end up speaking. One of the biggest things I hear about getting guests on board is when they're not interesting. Like, seriously, we get it. You're fucking amazing at what you do, but have a fucking life. I mean, <laughs> genuinely. Like, how, how many times, like, Heather and I, I know we've, I can remember the conversations she and I have had. Like, I remember the com- we've had conversations about Joe Sugarman, about how he was both meant to both of us and how we both love him. Uh, we both love the fact that we both float, and my cats are completely destroying my bookshelf right now, so I'm going to have to, like, skip off in a minute and leave her, like, running the show. But what I'm getting at is that there's a lot of stuff that Heather does that I do that's outside our businesses that make us interesting. And that's the big key. If you can marry what you do in the outside world, outside of your business to what you do into your business, I guarantee you people find you interesting. It's like, Oh, uh, how does floating increase my productivity? Bam. There we go. Like, so yeah, Heather's got I'll a show. Tell one, I'll tell you one that your listeners probably. Interesting. I don't tell everybody just because I don't think everyone really get it. But, um, 
So one of the things I think is really great about um, list, what I could do with guesting is I did improv. I did a crap load of improv. So what happened is about uh, three years ago, I actually got, um, I was, hold on, I'm gonna stop for a second. Oh no, you can keep going. I'm just literally just running oh, around. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, okay, we've got you ahead. like still listening and recording. I'm just running around making sure that these guys don't destroy everything. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, I'll start again. So about three years ago, I actually well, I just ended a relationship three, four years ago. And my coach said to me, hey, why don't you go ahead and just you know, do something you've never done before? So I went to this improv class. And the first day I hated it, actually. It was 101. And then I actually ended up doing 101, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, and 106. They're like, Heather, we can't take any more of your money. Like, get out of here. So I did it for about a year. And I never realized that improv, and I started to love it, loved it, fell in love with it, is that improv is the baseline for any comedian, including like Jimmy Fallon, every host that's out there that's really good understands the principles of improv because improv is the conversation of basically creating conversation, creating entertainment in the moment. And there's principles. There's literally principles. They might be good at it automatically, of course. I mean, they might be part of them that understands there's like literally time-tested principles, just like marketing, right? You right. understand marketing principles. You can apply them. You don't have to be a genius. You just apply the marketing principles of a genius. That's what improv does. And so improv is like in the moment conversations, in the moment entertaining. And so I spent a year doing that. And then I had no idea I was going to be doing podcasting. And honestly, that's why I'm a great guest. That's why I'm a great host is because there's these principles of creating stories and creating entertainment in the moment. It's something I learned just like copy principles. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And yes, that's is amazing. So like you said about floating helps your business. Improv, honestly, a year of studying improv has truly helped me in the podcasting world. 100%. I, I agree. I mean, one of the things that helped me in my writing was being a comedian. Like, because I used to do stand-up. Oh, yeah. yeah, I used to be a stand-up. So I just love doing stuff like that. I'm going back into it on and off just for fun of it. So you know improv because yeah. comedian, c comedy, comedy is the on top of improv i mean it like is the yeah, base the, the improv is basically the bedrock if you don't get improv you don't get comedy i mean not to not to bash anyone that i know but i i know a comedian that was hanging out with a couple of weeks ago and uh all he did was his comedy uh, I, i've tried to be nice to him because you know you got to be nice but like his comedy sucked his routines were very stale they seemed more like they were moaning than actually entertaining and I told them, right. do, do improv. Like, either take improv or do a stand-up course. And they're like, why would I? I'm naturally funny. I'm like, you're not. You're forcing yourself to be funny. It's when you when you take that story out of your head, put it on yeah. paper, and actually do stuff, it's different. Um, for anyone that's looking to do good improv, I mean, there's places all around the world. But if you're looking for a good comedy inspiration, like, YouTube Ari Shafir, uh, This Is Not Happening. His show... Yeah, his show on Comedy Central, uh, but they show it on YouTube, literally one of the best things I've ever seen. And it got me back in stand-up because when I moved to London 2015, I was fucking depressed off my ass because, like, everything went to sh went to the shit at the same time I moved here. I was like, I lost a shitload of money. Uh, a client, like, refunded when, like, before, the, before we even started working, they paid me. The bank gave them hassle, so they refunded and closed the transaction before I could do anything. So, like, holy crap, I was depending on that and everything just went down the toilet at the same time 
So I'm going through all this stress, and the thing that got me through it was watching these stand-up shows, so I power-binged all of it. And the crazy thing about it was, like you said, it has principles that are timeless rules. And you probably know this better than anyone. If you're going to be telling a story, one of the cool things about imp- well, one of the cool things about stand-up and improv as well is being able to adapt and say yes to a situation while simultaneously stopping and giving your own opinion. So if you can stop your own story halfway and go, actually, from an outsider's perspective, this is what it looks like. I know. I totally get it. I'm one of you guys, too. And then jump right back into the story and make it your own. Yeah, that's actually a principle. Yes. And I remember when I first learned that principle was like 101 and then we started playing with it 102 and I had a hard time. That was I had a hard time with that. Because if they, if someone said, if you're across from me, you'd say, I'm an alien on Mars. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not. No, see what you are is and like, you have to go with that, Heather. I'm like, but it's wrong. <laughs> so I put you're and not then, that thing. I'm like, but, but he needs to be, you know, and so when you say go, yes, you're, you're a Martian on Mars. Awesome. Yes. And, you know, and then you move into whatever. And honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've used that very baseline principle and what's interesting about improv i'm like you um i watch uh, i'll watch comedians one i actually watch i think is amazing believe it or not i know she's been in controversy right now i'm not talking about that like her art Who's is this? uh kathy griffin oh i fucking love kathy she's like really fucking hilarious she's really well she's a freaking master she's a if you just if you understand improv and the master of comedy she's a freaking master of storytelling oh, yeah. the women is amazing. So before the controversies here in the United States, and I'm not going to go into that, is um, she came to Austin, and I've seen her now four times. And this last time I saw her in January in Austin, it was here's what's brilliant about her. Think about it. Think about this for just a second. You get a ticket, this huge audience, seven o'clock. Right. A, she has no intro. I mean, like there's no dancers coming out or somebody warming anybody up. Right. She's got a little audio video intro that lasts like three minutes. It's cute, but there's no warm up. Okay, she just walks out to a cold audience. She went non stop, not one break, not one change of clothes, nothing for three hours. Now just imagine you and a mic and an audience not warmed up straight for three hours. And it was, I was peeing in my pants. It was so funny. Like, I was just. I wanted more. And so what's brilliant about her is that she can literally entertain this massive audience with just her and a mic through storytelling and how she shares and how she twists things and how she brings things back. It's just, I mean, it's brilliant if you understood how challenging that really is. So um, I love watching her. And then I also watched this year, Amy um, Schumer, she came to town. Uh She wasn't great. I mean, we paid some good money for those tickets. She was not that great. Oh, it was thank not- God. Sorry. I, I got to jump on this. I'm glad you said this because I-, I get so much shit from my friends. about. They're like, oh, you like comedy. You like comedy a lot. What do you think of Amy Schumer? I'm like, honestly, she's got one shtick, and that's where she goes back to. It's she- one stick. She's the slut who's drunk. Or the, the fat slut who's drunk, usually. Or the fat slut, yeah. And that can only go so far. You know what I mean? Like in a, in a two, I mean, she, she was, she, by the way, she had a intro. I mean, she had someone warm us up She by, by music. Then she had a warm up of a guy, another, another comedian for like 30 minutes. Then she came on and she spoke for almost, almost an hour and a half, maybe a little less. And it was okay. I mean, it was cute, but I mean, I was bored. I was like, really, I was bored. I mean, I like Amy, but I'm like, Amy, you, 
you got to move beyond I'm the fat drunk girl who's a slut. Like I yeah, you got to give me more here. And then, of course, it was in the first quarter of 2017 in the United States. So she did go political. And I didn't want to do that. Because for me, if I want to go political, I could just turn on the TV. Political? Okay. There's some comedians who do I, it right. There's some comedians who do it wrong. Here's a comedian that does it right, in my opinion. Bill Burr. Bill Burr, going political, is fucking hilarious. Uh, he did a whole thing where he... Like, he said... I don't know what his political affiliation is. Honestly, I don't give a shit because I'm not... Americans, I don't really give a shit who you are. You got your own reasons. What he did, which is quite funny, was he was talking about, we have Trump talking about building a wall. It's like between, we've got basically the choices are a toddler or the devil. That's essentially what we've got going on for our election right now because it was between the two. And he just goes, have you, he's going to try and build that wall down there. We tried, we, it took us 15 years to build the freedom wall and we wanted that shit. You try and build a wall that we don't want. What's going to happen? It's like, Percy, that's funny. I mean, that's yeah. It's when you start going so hardcore political that if you're on the other side, right? Because everyone knows Amy Schumer's uncle is Schumer, who's the head of the D and one of the D, the senator, D, a Democratic senator in New York. Okay, yeah, he's constant Charles. Yeah, so everyone knows that, and so she's hardcore left, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like whatever you you, you. you, be, you are, but I just paid a lot of money. To sit in this damn seat, right? To get here, to deal with what I need to deal with, to get here. I don't want to hear about your political views. Yeah. You can make fun of both sides. You can make there's a lot to make fun on both sides. Hell yeah. Don't go there. Don't make a political conquest. Right. That's why I don't and so even with Kathy, this is before her drama the last last month, but even with Kathy, she, you know, to me she made fun of Trump. She called it Cheeto Head. And I thought that was fun. I was like, okay, that's funny, you know. But she didn't go so far left or right that it was like it, it felt like a political conquest you know yeah. it was just oh he's like a cheeto head and it's like oh that's funny you know what i mean yeah. he probably laughed at that so i, I don't because i don't want to be there i want to be entertained your job as a comedian is entertain me yeah. your job as a comedian is not to give me your crap so i think that's one of the things i've learned as a as an improv and podcast is um yes you can have a choice on political but you can still make fun of both sides. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things as well, like bringing it back to podcasting and how it works with business. Look, there's people I know there that I do business with that I don't get along with. And the reason I do business with them, honestly, is the reason we don't get along is political views. Their whole view is that so-and-so type of people are really bad and horrible and mean. And I'm like, yeah, no. Can I wait for just a second? I have someone at my door. Is that Yeah, go, go, go run. I'm going to continue on with this bit until you get back. But yeah, it's just like people like run up, People just run along and just talk a bunch of shit most of the time. And they're like, they don't know what they're talking about, honestly. They, they really don't know what they're talking about. Um, especially when it comes down to like understanding how to like marry their, craft their story. And that's what we're going to go into in a moment. So we're going to hit pause. We'll be back in just a second. Yeah, basically, guys, sorry to interrupt there. Uh, what ended up happening was one of my cats threw up while I was doing my bit, so I had to go take care of that. But we're all good. We're back in just a moment. So what I was saying was essentially when you're actually doing your podcast and bringing it together, it doesn't matter where your political views really stand. What st- what matters is the content you deliver. Because right. you don't realize your customers are going to be left, right, centrist, upside down, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Right. Now, you guys have probably heard me offend people on this show. And honestly, if you hear me offend someone, you'll realize... I offend everyone. I make more terrorist brown people jokes than anyone else because guess what? I'm brown and I get screened whenever I go through anything ever. 
hell, I like my friends make jokes about me being at the airport. They're like, okay, so when you drop us off, do we need like a head start when when you get there, or like can we just can you just give the keys to your place? Because I'm sure we'll see you in three hours. I'm like, I'm just picking you up. They're like, yeah, we know, but you're brown. Just shit like that happens all the time. So I play it up in my podcast. I play it up in my marketing. I play it up in everything. Why? Because it's hilarious. When you take away the power, it becomes funny. True. When you take that's very true. When you take away the power, it becomes funny. That's actually really accurate. That's true. That's um, you know, I have to laugh. So who else did I see? Um, Sarah. Her name is Sarah. She's a comedian. I'm going blank. She's real skinny, in New York, long black hair. She's a comedian. We saw my sister. My t- so I love my sister. She's so great. She, her uh, Christmas gift to me this year was Amy Schumer, Sarah, who I'm going blank on, and um, Kathy. That was my Christmas gift. See, I really want to find out who the Sarah person is because my brain's like, I know her, but I don't know who it is. Hold on. I, I can do a Google Crapple. I don't. She was horrible. Oh my god. Okay, fair enough. But I was going to say, in the interim, good comedian that we def- that should that you should definitely check out, Eliza Schlesinger. Eliza Schlesinger. How do you say that name? Uh, it's Eliza. So I L, I L E, Eliza A I L E Z A. I think I'm totally butchering her name. Uh, Schlesinger is S C H, uh, Schles S C H E L I S I N G, E R. Uh, Schlesinger. I probably butchered the way that name's spelled. But if you look her up, uh, she's got three Netflix specials. All three mm-hmm. of them will make you piss yourself laughing. I mean, I burst out laughing. Yes, she goes into the whole thing about sometimes she gets really drunk, but every time she talks about it, it's funnier and not like, oh my God, I'm such a drunk. It's like, I, I the first one was like, I hate women. Genuinely, I hate women that get drunk because they, they like huddle up together, they're wearing practically nothing and they always lose their car. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just shit like that. And they're just like... They, they, they herd together like a like little flock of sheep as they're walking down. Like her shit just makes me cry with laughter because it's just See, so funny. That is that's that's true. I mean, that, when you're a podcast host, you don't have to be a comedian. No, you but don't. it's how you share a story. And so what's interesting is like you know working with Joe Sherwin for as long as I have, he actually taught me how to share a story. But the moment I actually got the construct, I actually did a lot of reading from Dan Kennedy as well. Once I understood the construct of that. Now, when I go to shows, like comedian shows, I go to, when I go to Vegas, I always go to a comedian show. I like to go to shows that aren't big, you know, just yeah. like a random show. I love to watch that because you can see, you can see the construct happening or not happening. And you can see when it happens, no matter what the hell they're talking about, they could be talking about diapers and people cracking up. And I tell people all the time this, and this is a principle that people do not like. I think it's funny, but I bet you could totally agree. We as human beings have not changed for thousands and thousands. Millions. Millions. If people talk about what's what's not online, I'm like, look, you got to be, you got to understand who you're dealing with on the other side of that computer screen is a damn human. And we haven't freaking altered. And they're like, that's not true. Look at like the iPad. I go, look, technology has changed. Our attention spans have changed, but our human nature hasn't. Right. Why we lie, why we don't, why we love, why we steal, why we don't, why we buy, why we don't. That's time tested from biblical. You don't that's why you can open up the Bible or whatever, read a story from the Bible, like it or not, doesn't matter you're religious, and actually understand the story. Uh-huh. Understand the story. Now the technology's changed, right? They don't have cars, they're walking, they have sandals, they don't have tennis Nikes. 
but the understanding of the human beingness hasn't changed. Yep. Why we love, why we kill, why we don't, why we, you know, connect, why we don't connect, why we buy, why we move away from things, pain, pleasure, all that hasn't changed. And so I think when you look at improv and comedian or comedy, that's the same thing. We haven't changed as human Oh, we have it. And just touch back onto the whole podcasting thing. Realistically, what I tell you guys is don't fake it. I hate it when people fake it because people pick up that pick that up very quickly. The truth is, if you're kind of, well, I'd say put it this way, uh, one of my favorite shows of all time is a guy called Dan Carlin. Carlin, Don Dan Carlin, Hardcore History, amazing show. The guy is, he's a historian. Now, could you imagine doing like a three, four hour show? on a single subject in history, it could be like your face is telling us like, man, that sounds like the most boringest thing ever. But you listen to it and he's so fucking entertaining. But the way he's entertaining isn't like, hey guys, I'm going to tell jokes. It's very much like, no, here's the information. But he like puts such a dramatic tone to it. He reads the parts out. He makes it entertaining for you. Okay, so tell me. Okay, all right. So what is it? Hardcore history. Hard? Now where would I find that? Online or what? Yeah, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it online. You can find it just anywhere. It's really good. It's um, it's core history. Yeah, it's hardcore history. With you know what's funny? I, when I was in school, when I was in high school and junior high, um, which I found interesting because when you you know when you we all have our own little worlds we grow up into, and then we think everyone has the same world. Okay, which is not true. Yeah. So in Texas, because that's where I grew up, in Texas, we were forced to take um, Texas history. I swear since I was like in fourth grade over and over and over until like high school until you really knew how Texas was created and what happens with the Texas history. It's a whole, by the way, it's a whole semester. It's not like one day. It's really? Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Because in our world in Texas, we are the United States. Yeah. It's Texas and 49 other <laughs> bitches. Texas, and then there's like whatever those hell things are. <laughs> you know? The 49 there's, other bitches of the, of this country. Like Bitches. and then there's texas so we you'd learn how it was created i was involved with the state da, 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 da. and by the way i live in austin which is the you know which is the capital and our capital literally you know our big capital is bigger than the one in the united states Damn. so the cap you see the united states you look at the capital of texas you walk up to google it and ours is bigger because everything is bigger in texas we are better and we want to secede so and I've taught that when since I'm like in third, fourth grade. Wow. I'm not kidding. So I don't know anything about any other states. Nothing, nada. Because in the world of Texas, it doesn't matter. But now that I'm um, now that I'm older, I'm like really wanting to learn. Um, the other thing I think that's not good, by the way, not good um, that we're taught in American schools, at least when I grew up, it's that the center of the universe is America. Yeah. And then there are these other bitches. <laughs> Like a lot of other bitches, they don't matter, you know, and it's only as an adult that I'm like, you know, I kind of should learn about what's really going on in the world because there's a bubble. There's a bubble around America and the United States. Like, why would anyone leave? I think there's a percentage of some ridiculously low number of Americans that even have a passport. I have a passport. But we don't have passports. We're just like, why would we ever leave? We got everything here. So pretty much. I love it. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm starting a little charitable fund for my friends. It's called Come See Adeline in London. Uh, what you do is you fly out, you hang out with me for for maybe a week, and we chill out and hang in London. And you get to open your eyes on all the other shit that's out here. Like how, 
you know, things actually take the way they do. For you guys that actually had that crash, that was my cat pulling down, I shit you not, about 19 books off my shelf. Because he's a little shithead. Do you have children over there? Or are those seriously just cats? That's just cats. That's literally just my pets. <laughs> They've missed me all day. And they're like, wait, dad's doing podcasts? I'm, I'm going to go do something now. I'm like, all right. So I've got to go now. That's- yeah. I, was, I, I just... Way, I know we're not seeing video if y'all are not on podcast, see the audio. But I see this crash. I hear this crash. I look at the video. And then I see this red ball that yeah, just like gets. My red bouncy ball just bounces just across the screen. It's like. The screen. I'm like, what the hell is gone over there? Does he have five children? Like, what? Man, I wish. No, I don't. Actually, five children would be a bit much. Like, one would be okay. But maybe five would be a little excessive. But. All right. So, while. Here's a bit about passing. I want to share real quick. So, you ever watch like, the Jimmy Kimmel show or one of those shows? Yeah, of course I do. I'm a massive fan. Yeah, I have an actress come on. Because this is a question I get from people. Because now, what I do, I don't know if you know this, but I actually help people launch their own show. I have three clients. I actually have launched their shows. Oh, and I work with them one on one to do that process. So, one of the questions I get from them a lot is Do I need to create questions for my guests? And I go, No. And here's why. If you look at like a Jimmy Kimmel or a late night show, you know, the actress is coming on to, of course, talk about her latest movie, right? That's why she's there. She's yeah. on a PR tour. Okay. We all know that. And, you know, and they know that Jimmy Kimmel or whoever will get to the pitch on. Okay. But they, Jimmy Kimmel would never give the actor or actress questions. It's like, you show up my show. And you deal with whatever the hell you deal get, and then I'll pitch your crap. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, and that's how podcasting. You have to take that on as a host is more of a view of they're on, they're on your show, they're your guests. Yes, you will, of course plug their book or their newest thing, but it's not a pitch; it's a plug. And then the entertainment comes from the interaction. Exactly. How do you remember something? You make it fun and memorable. And that's all it is. You got to make sure that everything is fun and memorable. And you're completely right about that, which is why when I do the show, you realize I don't really ask questions in that sense. I only bring up what's there. Right. It's like if we turn a corner to it, we'll turn a corner to it. Now, that being said, I do have a question for you that is a little premeditated because it's one of my favorite questions to actually ask on the show. And that is when... When life kicked you in the ass, because I know life has kicked you in the ass as much as it kicked everyone else in the ass, because fucking, that's all it does. When it knocked you down and you felt like your confidence was on a little bit shaky water <laughs> or on shaky ground, how did you get back up? How did you get your confidence back? Well, you know, I'm going through one of those times again right now because I, I'm going through a breakup and it's becoming more of a business divorce because um, we had a business together. So we're going through court. Damn. So- yeah, it's it's uh, those lawyers involved and court hearings, and it's not you know it's not fun. Um, I I definitely don't like this process at all. So um, I, I feel like right now I'm I'm growing. I'm in the middle of one of those moments, but I've definitely had worse ones. I think. I think one of the biggest things is I ask myself the question: Does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? It's a question that I've um, that I got when I was going through my a bankruptcy back in 2006, seven. Wow. It's a friend of mine, Richard, oh. who said to me, um, I want you to start asking yourself this question. 
before you do anything? Does it feed my confusion and strengthen my clarity? Now, at the time he said this, we were at dinner. He was paying for the steak, thank God, because I didn't have any money. And he gave me 20 bucks to get the hell, to go back home because I didn't have any money for gas. I was really broke. And I said to him, I don't have anything going on. Like, that sounds great if I had all this going on in my life. But I'm literally, like, my life was, like, flatline, Like, a nothing bored. And he goes, well, start with something simple. Start with what you're about to eat. Start with who the conversation you're about to have. So what that, here's what it does. We have confidence as a human being when we have clarity. Mm-hmm. Okay, We have power when we have clarity. And only inside the clarity of life can you actually have momentum to make money. Right. So if you're spinning, probably in our lives we spin like, ah, what am I doing? What am I doing? The moment you get clear, it's like stopping and getting clear. Then when you have clarity, you can have power. When you have power, you can get momentum. When you have momentum, you can like build the world, right? Right. So that's the the question I I have used and I'm still using to this day. Does this feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? That's a really powerful question. It is very powerful. Yeah. And just to like jump on the piggyback of that would be say like um, Tony Robbins usually says the, cl- the the quality of your questions dictate the quality of your life. And that is a very quality question because it, it, it refocuses where your brain's going. Right. To yeah. clarity. Yeah. Because of the mind, the confused mind, well, first of all, a confused mind never buys, but a confused mind will never have momentum. So if you ever met someone in your life that they're in a very dark time um, or yourself, um, then that's usually the brain's just like spinning and you want to stop it. Well, how do you stop it? You know, it's the questions you ask yourself. Well, what's the question here? That's the question. Does it feed my confusion, strengthen my clarity? Yeah. It's, more, like, it's one hell of a powerful thing. And then from there, when you have clarity, then you have confidence. So when you have clarity and power, then that, that's where confidence comes from. Like what confidence really comes from, I'm clear what's going on in my life. I'm clear where I'm going in my life. I mean, that's really all it's about. Yep. That's all it is. And that's one of the coolest things. I, you just got an notification saying that we've got our other podcasts in about 10 minutes, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Did you get the same yeah, one? Yeah, it literally just came on my Fitbit and my phone. I was like, oh, shit. I got I'm so, now going to be interviewing him. So you can go to my podcast, heatherhavenwood.com forward slash podcast. Yeah, you can check that out. So, guys, also, one of my favorite questions we're going to ask real quickly before we head off, because the floor is yours, Heather. Um, if you were to give three pieces of advice to someone that's going through either a struggle in their business and life and or life, uh, or someone that's hit a plateau in their business or in their life, what advice would you give them? Like, what three pieces of advice would you give them to take? If I was advising, who was it again? Just anyone? Anyone that's going through like, or mostly entrepreneurs, because mostly entrepreneurs listen to this, but it's like um, entrepreneurs that are hitting a struggle phase or if they're hitting a plateau. Okay, great. So I'm going to give you, um, it's, it's statement slash principles I live by. They are cool. not mine. I, I own them, meaning I look at them every day, but they're Richard is the person, Richard Flint, who's the one who gave them to me. So I'm going to credit the source. Um, the first one is true freedom is the presence of alignment. Cool. True freedom is the presence of alignment. Um, if you really listen to that question or that statement, that question statement, you'll get that. Uh, another one is I must not work to have a better life. I must create a better life with better behavior. So with that, it's about what are you really creating? Right. Really a better, you know, is it just money or a better and then, um, I'm looking over here because I do a lot. I, the other one is about power. You know, we choose to give our power away. 
Mm-hmm. So we're never at a victim. We're never, if you think you're at a, at, in a place of victimhood, meaning you feel you're at the effect of something, the thing to look at is where did you give your power away in the moment? Or where did you give your power away in the situation? And it's when you see that, when you see where you gave your power, then you can actually stop being a victim and get your power back and actually make a, make a choice, make new choices, make, make decisions. And I know that sounds like really esoteric, but it's... No, it's true. Principles. Um, and the last one is Joe Sugarman. This was a good one because he's amazing. Yeah, he is. We've had him on the show. Yeah, he said, uh, everything happens for the best. Everything happens for the best. There's not a reason. The best. And the reason he said that is that he's like, he's like, if you say everything happens for a reason, your brain will look for the why. Right? So if something really bad happens or, or a little little bad or you know big bad or horrible bad or even just a little will look for why did this happen to me right mm-hmm. and that's a if you look at okay this is happening everything happens for the best there's some other movement i can't see the brain will stop creating that drama and that's where you can start to move again yeah that's oh actually God, that's so funny yeah it, well he agrees with you that's the thing he, he agrees with you on that one but yeah, like I said, Joe's been on the show and we fucking love him um, just simply because he's pretty cool. But that is such a powerful question. It's on a powerful statement. Everything happens for the best. Best. Yeah. For best. best. For best. I was told when I was a kid, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And the problem with that question is that let's say if you have a breakup. I mean, I'm dealing with that right now. If I, if I allow myself to ask myself that question, I look for the why. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? You know, and it creates this drama and I can get depressed. I mean, my brain could just get into depression versus, okay, everything's happened. Everything happens for the best. So there's something else beyond this that I don't know, right? There's just something, this is the best thing for him, this is the best thing for me. This is the best. This is happening for the best for both of us. It's a different place to come from. It gives me a little bit more grounding and power to go through the process of dealing with it. That's actually very powerful. Again, like I said, guys, if you haven't heard the interview I did with Joe Sugarman, please go check that out as well because Joe's fucking awesome and everyone will attest to this. Uh, he'll probably tell me off for swearing because he's old school, but, you know, he knows how much I love him. Um, Heather, what is, uh, it's heatherhavenwood.com. Guys, go check it out. Opt in, find out more, bug the crap out of her if you can, get her book. Uh, rip off her media page. I know I will be. Um, and most importantly... Check out her show because not only am I going to be on there, there's a plethora of great guests on there already. Um, you know, just add to the more fun, add to your knowledge, and hey, this just add this to like your daily workout routine. You know, you go for a walk, listen to me, listen to Heather, have fun with it. But Heather, so, so my first show, O One, is is me and Joe. Oh shit, yeah, that's cool. So even better. So listen to the one I did with Joe, then go compare it with Heather's. Uh, I'm a little competitive, so make sure you leave a star ratings. Give her a lower star rating than me, please. Because, you know, you guys love me a little bit more. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. I'm just kidding. But they're <laughs> pretty fun, as is. Uh, go check out Heather Havenwood, guys. I'll see you on next week's episode of the show. And, uh, Heather, it's been a pleasure having you here. Namaste. Love the cats. Love you guys. See you guys soon. Take care. Bye.